and I, if I get interrupted on a dance floor, I am upset. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, hey, you got any poppers? You got any drugs? You got any whatevers? Can you take a picture? Can you tell blah, blah, blah? Any, any, any interruption? I'm just like, <gasps> hello, my name is Kay Anderson, and you are listening to Lost Spaces, the podcast that mourns the death of queer nightlife. Every episode, I talk to a different person about a venue from their past, the memories that they made there, and the people that they used to know. You know how they say that no matter who comes into your life, who you fall in love with, who you have a relationship with, you will always inevitably end up comparing them to your first ever true love. Well, I think that that statement might also hold true for nightclubs, which I know sounds a little bit stupid, but I wholeheartedly stand behind it. There is something really special about the very first place where you get that ah moment of, yeah, I can just be me. You know what I'm saying? This week, I sat down with Digo and Caleb from the podcast Ants, Humans, Stars to find out about Digo's lost space, which was Mars Bar in Richmond, Virginia. And you can quickly see why he loved this place. It was one of those dive bars that had an especially cheesy 80s night every week. So I am like right there sweating on the dance floor with you. And it kind of came at just the right time in his life. He had just dropped out of college, fled to the nearest city, and he was trying to fall in love. Or, as he so eloquently put it, he was chasing dick. Why don't we find out more by getting into the conversation? After it came out, after two decades later after birth um <laughs> wait is that just a fancy way of saying when i was 20 yes okay. <laughs> i you know finally came out oh my god um it was semi-traumatic it was just traumatic and it's all normal experience of coming out but no i didn't experience a backlash my parents didn't abandon me there, there was it was just an awkward time for a while but then we got past it and we got past it quickly. But still, there was a, okay, but I don't want to participate necessarily in anything in Northern Virginia at the time. It was just like, yeah, I'm out, but I'm in conservative spaces. Mm. I took a break. I went to Richmond. And this is where I was able to express myself in a town that allowed it. And so what was the plan in going to Richmond? Well, I followed a boyfriend who lived in Richmond when I took oh, so my... so there was no plan then? No, there was no plan. No, no. There was just... <laughs> Why was that both of our stories? <laughs> I know, We're Jesus. Boy. <laughs> how, uh, how openly crass can I be? Can I, can I say all the bad words in this podcast? Are you going to call him an asshole? No, I was just going to say I was following Dick. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you can say that. That's fine. Uh, I followed Dick all the way to Richmond. And he didn't even have a place. I was living at his friend's father's house while I stood myself up in Richmond and then I got a job and apartment and everything just for a time. 
um, while I figured myself out. So how long were you dignitized then? Uh, thankfully, that part was short-lived. He wasn't good for me, and I found out. <laughs> and actually, one of my proudest moments, because I was so young and it was the first one, but to take charge and say, you're not good for me, ciao. And Ooh. I mean, there's another small story that goes with that I could tell, but... Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so... When this was ending, I coincidentally just met somebody in Richmond who lived in Richmond but went to my old university. And we were just chatting in this kind of moment of I was a little depressed because the relationship was ending. Um, but we were just talking. Um, there was no. But then the day, D Day happened, it ended. This new friend said, Hey, let's meet up. You know, you probably are feeling depressed. We went to a a cafe in Richmond. We talked for hours. You know, I got it all out and everything. Then had a great time afterwards, and it just continued. And then, it, like, we found out basically that night that we were really into each other, and then it came time to the business. At the time, my ex, my new ex, was still living in my apartment, and there I was with this new person, and I was like, oh, yeah, I have a place, but my ex is there, and so... It'll be a little awkward. And then what later became new boyfriend was like, isn't this your apartment? And I was like, <laughs> yes, it is my apartment. And I, yes. So what's the, what's the problem? I have never moaned louder just to attack <laughs> somebody. It was the loud. He was loud. I was loud. We were all just being stupid loud just to drive it into. Anyways, um. That was just like a stupid memory, but I remember that. And wait, so how long? Uh, how long after you'd broken up was this? This was the same like, day, girl. It was like in the morning. I said it's over, but you could stay here for a week <laughs> oh to get your no. shit together. Oh. And then wow. that evening, I met my friend. And then by that evening, we were basically a new couple. And by that night, we were fucking. That was the fastest swing from one to the next. <laughs> Um, he said, we're going to keep this train moving. Yep. 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 <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> um, isn't it wonderful when you're like 20 and you just like move on exactly. so quickly? It's right. just like, yeah. yeah, on to the next. Off I go. I think I was 19. 19 <laughs> on the verge of being 20. Yeah. But so, okay. So what do you remember most about those early days in uh, Richmond? So you went chasing the dick. You were trying to figure yourself out. You were getting away from kind of a heteronormative, closed-in society. What are your lasting memories of those days? It being the first time that I was able to be publicly expressive of my gayness, but not necessarily overtly. Just being able to be anywhere and say, yeah, uh, my boyfriend or uh, mm -hmm. yeah i like men no, like and having to be relaxed as opposed to even if my university was only an hour away if i were to say that i would probably be at the time have been met with ooh look who likes dick i mean it would just been stupid right and then in this space i was just comfy and then also exploring the D. Um, <laughs> Just the one or several? Uh, several. Uh, <laughs> so oh, God, so many. Um, but how could I blame my young self? He 
was a, a flowering girl, you know? He had to explore, be a butterfly and everything. But also it was the first time I was regularly doing something that I had figured out that I definitely loved to do, and that was be on the dance floor. I love to dance. Uh, not professionally, not like any of that stuff. I'm not a dancer. I'm just a guy who loves being on the dance floor and getting down with it. You know, I am that person. So that lifestyle of going out on the weekends and dancing with now with, with gay people or or half-half um, was now being like real front and center of my life as, as opposed to just going to bars and sitting down and having drinks, which I always thought and still do today, feel a little bored by that, just to sit and chat and talk and drink. I mean, whatever, it's fine. Now in my older years, sure, I could welcome it as a relaxed uh, activity. Not if it's a loud pub, though. No. <laughs> Seriously, at the time, I was just like, boring, <laughs> be at a bar, just sitting there with probably, again, top 40 music playing and just drink. Like, we're, we're not even going to dance here. What about that track? It's really good. Let's dance. And we were like, dance. Then to be in spaces where we're here to dance, it's specific to this, was new to me, and I ate it up. And that was what Richmond was also able to provide. Mars Bar being one of the places. There were other places too, but Mars Bar being mm. the mm. one. And so is it dancing that you love or is it the dance floor that you love? The dance floor. And da I mean, Dan of oh God, there's a special place in hell for people who get into the dance floor and just stand there. <laughs> <laughs> and just stand Oh, I don't know. I have sympathy I mean, for them. They might just Jesus be like scared. They might just need a little coaxing and yeah, support. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that experience of like, just dance, guys. Just get on the dance floor and dance. But anyway. <laughs> so what do you think it is about the dance floor that is so magical? I later discovered that it's meditation for me. Ah. I didn't think of it at the time of course but you know I later got into oh my work has taken me into self-help and I've dove deep into that whole world of self-help dealing with your trauma and all that stuff and meditation but I just don't I'm not a meditative girl I can't sit and meditate that's not me but I do notice that when I am on long walks or on bike rides, or skating, or dancing, specifically dancing, that I do that thing that I think everybody who meditates does, able to just flow in from mm. their thoughts and body and think outside. I am sometimes when it's really right, I am thinking about like my past and my future while on a dance floor <laughs> on a Thursday night. You know, it could easily happen that I get into a meditative state. Um, but do you need a dance floor to do that or could you just dance in your living room? Ha, huh, funny you ask. So I think it's real hard to do it by yourself. And I've come to understand that, that there's to deal with trauma, to deal with yourself, to deal with all these things. It's really uh, imperative. Yeah, you can do work with yourself, but really the space between yourself and another person is also very important. 
whether it just be you and your therapist or you talking to a group of people. So same thing happens in the dance floor. Like, yeah, I can be energized in my body, but once there's another person and that other person is energizing with our bodies, we are exchanging energies. And if it's a room full of people, oh, well, you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's sort of like uh, it's magic, essentially. Um, the connected bodies, we're all dancing together. There's this energy, we're feeding on each other and there's something that happens there. So yeah, don't require a dance floor necessarily, but it, it helps. It helps a lot to ease to where I like to go. <laughs> yeah, a smoke machine and a disco ball like kind of eases you into it, right? Just mm-hmm. just give me a dark room honestly with the right sound equipment and I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, I find I I mean maybe you shouldn't examine it because it's magical and it's just the way it is and you shouldn't question it. You should just get on with it. But I am really interested in what the ingredients are to make the dance floor is such a magical space because I think it it is it is that communing with other people and stepping outside of yourself and being present. But how? Like, yeah, I don't. It's just a mystery to me. Maybe one I don't need to solve. And it's older than the dance floor. So, I think the oldest is simply the circle, a fire, a circle, people. But did they have poppers then? <laughs> they missed out they had some drugs they had some drugs don't worry they we all anybody all humans have had drugs <laughs> oh i don't even know why i made that joke i don't know why people do poppers on the dance floor it's so gross dude it is rampant right now i can't be at a dance floor without smelling it today really? it's just it's and it is, i have a favorite club here in barcelona and it's tiny and it's like if, what you one person opens it. You smell yeah. it, right? <laughs> That's so interesting because when I think of poppers, I just automatically think of sex. So that would be mm. weird to me to like, we're going to go dancing and I'm going to take a yeah. hit of these poppers. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> wouldn't you get like all kind of weird and dizzy and disoriented? Yeah, and yeah. And wouldn't your butthole involuntarily open up? That too. Do I not understand the science? <laughs> Somebody just trips and falls in. <laughs> exactly. That too. Like, if I kind of wanted to be uh, a little you know, disoriented or out of my body. I would just, you know, take an edible or something beforehand. I wouldn't... Yeah, the poppers, that's interesting. Maybe it's cheaper. I don't know. It's cheaper. It's also, like, it lasts. It's quick. You know, like, so somebody has their popper bottle, you know, they are just passing it around all night. And it's just, like, it lasts, right? You know, it's supposed to bumps of cocaine or... Uh, whatever other drugs you know they'll run out but the popper bottle will always be there um and yes i see them all night just (laughs) just pass it (laughs) and i'm just like oh god the stench of lips (laughs) jesus uh, anyway, sorry, I don't know why I'm talking about poppers. I took us off. So that's okay. <laughs> so Richmond, it's part of it. It's part of it. Mars bar. Do you remember the first time you ever went to Mars bar? I don't, but I remember how it started, which was with the X. Oh, because he he worked two doors down from it, and I think just one night after his work, which was a Halloween, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, haunted. House, the Halloween house thing, you know. So he was just one of the characters, and anyways, yeah, it was right a couple of doors down. So eventually we went, 
together. And he wasn't, from my memory, as on the dance floor as I was. <laughs> and uh, oh. boy number two was on the dance floor as much as I was. So that was a better fit. Well, see, yeah, this is the other thing about a dance floor, isn't it? Because if you're going with a group of friends or if you're going with one other person, you have to have the same kind of enthusiasm for being on the dance floor. Otherwise, it all gets a bit awkward. But I do remember in my early stages of going that it was, this is a first. I've never experienced this. I've been to other bars, I've been to other clubs, but it hasn't been as just here. People are showing up because they want to go to that dance floor. They're not showing up to just drink and try to get somebody to go home with. This was like, we're here to freaking dance to this 80s music because honestly, it was just the same tracks every week on repeat. The the DJ was buried in the ceiling. Like, we couldn't even see the DJ. It was just like, there's a dance floor, there's a few lights. It was just a mix CD playing, wasn't it? There was no (laughs) DJ at all. I didn't even know there was a DJ. I thought it was a mix for years. And then somebody was like, there's actually a DJ up there. And I'm like, where? (gasps) He's been here the whole time. (laughs) I thought it was just a mix. (laughs) Um, But... Yes, it was like, you guys are here to dance for real for to dance. And it wasn't a big place. Tiny. <laughs> I, and so you were saying that the first time that you went there, you went with this man who dignitized yes. you and then worked in a haunted house. Yes. What was going on in your relationship at that point? Where, where, how long was the relationship, by the way? I don't think I asked. Was it a flash in the pan? Six months? Oh, okay. Tops? That's like long term, right? Yeah, oh, and at the t- for the first one, and well, it wasn't ever, I would say, healthy and right when I look back on it. Um, like ever, ever, like not even from the beginning. Nah, but if it hadn't been for him, I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> <laughs> he took me to Richmond. Richmond took me to this. Richmond took me to that. I mean, I would have never discovered Mars Bar if it hadn't been for this asshole. So, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, let's celebrate the asshole, but let's just like paint the picture a bit more. So, yeah, okay. When you said that you chased him, are we getting like stalkery vibes here, or like was it mutual? We, well, okay. <laughs> We met, we met in Williamsburg, which is about an hour away. And then I was having a sort of a life struggle with coming out, mm-hmm. what to do in university. And I just took a break there and then naturally took a break and went to Richmond where he lived and moved in into an apartment with him. He was all aboard on this. He, it was like his idea to go to Richmond. Um, so it's not like I necessarily chased him, but... Who was um, in the driving seat, though? Me. Because I'm the one with <laughs> the drive, the I need to do something. I, he was just, like, along for it. It was okay. me that left the university. It was me that got a place and a job and stability mm. in the city. And he was just, like, along for the ride. And I think that was one of the issues. He sort of was just, like, there but not really committed. Um, But did, and when I say this, I'm projecting a lot, so tell me if I'm full of shit, but did the fact that he was kind of reliant on you or that you were kind of in this partnership with him help to motivate and drive you to make those steps? 
Yes, because I needed to be... First of all, I needed to make this happen for me because mm-hmm. my parents were, what, you're leaving university? <laughs> and so I needed to prove it to them that I can make it happen. But also, yes, this was my first boyfriend. I need to be able to, to make this work. This, and, and, and you know how it is. Mm. I'm going to prove that I'm not broken even though I'm gay by having this loving relationship that's so successful. But yeah, that not only I need to make this work, but this is going to be my relationship for the rest of my life. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like you have this idea. They're like, oh, this is it. The, 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 there's so much love and, and, and this is going to work and it's going to work forever. This is going to be the rest of my life with this guy. Had I known the <laughs> pages I would be filling, the freaking volumes I would be making of experiences with other people. But so, yes, yes, there was a little (laughs) bit of this relationship was, and to make it work, was a drive to make everything, you know, work for this. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was such a, getting back to it, uh, that night when Boy 2 came in, it was a really nice cathartic experience to know that even though I was swinging from one to the other, no, this relationship nor any relationship none of it was imperative to to help me fulfill anything about what I'm doing in my life and where I'm mm. going. You know, that it wasn't um, so important as I thought. Um, yeah, because you do think that, like, when you're young, that those yeah. relationships are going to define you and that's your purpose and that's why you're around, is to partner up with someone and then devote yourself to them. Ugh, even saying it sounds gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so again, getting back to the, that night at Mars Bar, what, what point were you at in your relationship then? You said it was never good, but like, do you remember kind of what was going on interpersonally for the two of you? So I was already living in, in Richmond at the mm-hmm. time when I first went to this place. And I do remember, you know, the landing was a little rocky, but then once it was, you know, we were in, in my apartment and everything, there was stability. But it was sort of like as soon as stability was gotten, the relationship was clear to me that this wasn't going to work and it was already on its way out. As soon as everything was set up to be, let's make this relationship work, then I realized that, and, and it wasn't like, Immediate. It was just this gradual. So, yeah, even when we went to Mars Bar for the first time, it was kind of the beginning of the end already. And then when you found out that he wouldn't join you on the dance floor, you were like, nah, that's it. I'm off. Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> let me be specific. Okay. So, like, I'm dancing to dance, to groove, to f- move my body. He'd be dancing to, like, slut himself out on the dance floor type situation okay the dance floor is still an extension of let me try to hook up oh okay Mm. Ah, that's very interesting Interesting. because there are two different types of people in the world right those that use the dance floor (laughs) to dance and those that used to pick up yeah yeah and i clearly knew that i wasn't uh, in fact i've told caleb this tons of times and if I get interrupted on a dance floor, I am upset. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so like, yes. hey, you got any poppers? You got any drugs? You got any whatever's? Can you take a picture? Can you tell blah, blah, blah? Any, any, any interruption? I'm just like, <gasps> you've taken me out of my... Can't you see I'm singing along? <laughs> Can't you see <laughs> the I element, am? The element. Sweating here. I am on the move. And you're like, do you have any... Whatever drug they're looking for or, you know, anything or even if it's 
I love the way you dance. Even a compliment, my first reaction is like, why'd you interrupt? Okay, fine. Thank you. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, getting back to yeah, the Mars bar, it's like, yeah, incompatibility immediately. I didn't want to sex up on the dance floor. So how do you navigate that when you are dating someone and you go to a club together and they're not that interested in the dance floor or they've got different motivations to be on the dance floor and all you want to do is dance? Do you just go, okay, off you, you go off, do your own thing or do you get annoyed? I prefer that I have somebody that does, not, not like they go off. It's just that like we're together, but we're on our own little silos of dance. That's my preferred method. Silos of dance. Um, we could be literally right next to each other, but we're in our silos. I'm not up to you. My dance moves <gasps> aren't in line with yours necessarily. What, so they're um, not like spinning you and dipping you? Exactly. No touchy-touchy. <laughs> we could do touchy-touchy <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Interesting. And that goes with friends too. Like friends, everybody, I'm like, look, and, and also the type of music I listen to generally today, um, even in 80s music, kind of applies. It's like, it's electronic, it's techno, it's 80s. It's just, it's a high energy movement that I'm not grinding with you. That's too slow. I'm moving a lot, so I need some room, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so over the years, yeah, I haven't really quite thought about it if this way, if, if, if my significant others have needed to pass the dance floor test but we have had <laughs> crossed that bridge you know it's like okay you're my significant other now it's eventually going to be time that we go out together and i do get nervous about it yeah i'm thinking about it or right? like Ugh. how will they do how will they react how will they be so needy can they get drinks by themselves or will i have to go with them to go get the all these little things I, oh, I think about, it's yes. It's the neediness that gets to me. It's that horrible thinking yep. that someone is standing there. Come with me to the bathroom. Well, well, I mean, that's okay. Like, we're in a cubicle, right? No, bitch, pee yourself. I'll be right here. Oh, oh, they're going to pee. Oh, okay. But that yeah. feeling when you're in the middle of the dance floor and you can feel someone's eyes boring into you because they are like, mm. it's time to go home. I want to go home. And you're not ready to oh, go home. That. I hate that. Ooh, no. Oh, okay. So uh, friends flew from San Francisco to a festival here in Spain one year. One of them is my close friend and he, him and I on same wavelength. We're on the same page when it comes to the dance floor. Completely compatible. He brings over his other friend. We're sort of compatible. And then his other friend brings in these two other friends. So we show up to the festival and we're having our good time, thought I. And quickly, like an hour in to what would be like a six, seven hour event at least, they're like, okay, we're done. And... They weren't telling this to me. They were telling whatever. That, and I was just getting the vibe that there was something wrong. Mm. And that it, that was negatively affecting the space of like, I can't go full on because there's something. They're not going full on. They're, they're just kind of standing there. And poor um, my friend is just kind of trying to mitigate the issue. And then eventually they were like, we want to go. And me and my close friend are like, okay. I think there's a taxi stand out in front. <laughs> you know. Bye. Y'all can go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> As I feel like 
everybody should be able to. Granted, there might be situations where safety is an issue, and so I can understand that. But even then, I would be like, I will accompany you to your Uber or to your taxi. Make sure you go by, and I'll go right back in. Or if it's a safe place, you can get back to your own. You're a grown individual. Like, handle yourself. You don't feel good here. We'll see each other later, even if it is a friend that we've gone to the club together. You didn't like it. That's okay. But mm. I kind of want to just stay here. And you can get back home on your own. But see, that's with a friend. That's fine. I'm cool yeah. with saying, like, see you later. But with a partner. Oh, God. When it's right. like, okay, you, you go home and then I'll get home five hours later and you'll be in bed still awake and you'll be mad at me. But you won't tell me that you're mad at me. You'll just be like, no, I'm fine. And then we'll just sit there and be silent for the next three weeks from personal recollection. That's definitely happened where I've been with people that aren't necessarily dance people. And I'll just get that out of them. You know, we'll just cover that somehow. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so you're not really into... Okay, cool. So we'll never go out together. I will go out on my own. And then if we are together and we're sleeping in the same roof, I go out, I come back in. And yeah, they're in the bed. And they should trust me that I'm literally going to melt my face off on the dance floor <laughs> for several hours, literally in the same spot until I am plump tired and want to go home. <laughs> okay, let's get back to Mars Bar. So when last we were talking about Mars Bar, you had gone there for the first time or kind of the first time with this man you were seeing who we have dubbed Boy One. Mm. And then that all fell apart, but you still kept going to Mars Bar? Yes, with fervor. With fervor. Every Ooh. week, nonstop. <laughs> and is that because there were a lack of other places in the area or just because of the specific vibes of this dance floor? Um, yeah, Richmond has always been like indie and hipster, um, liberal. But as far as like, it, it's, it's tiny. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a small city. So really there's an uptown, there's a downtown. And I mean, there's an uptown and downtown everywhere, but I'm saying like <laughs> that, that, that uptown and downtown is like a walkable distance and downtown area, which would have most of the clubs had one, two, three, four in downtown. And then there was about two uptown, um, but not all of them were every day. Not all of them were as cool as Mars Bar. So it was really... Mars Bar that always delivered for me, and it was the one that got most of my attention at that time. Mm. And even though I went to others, I barely remember them. I, <laughs> I could draw you Mars Bar even like from you know like the a schematic of the bar. I can't even begin to. Um, I, I can't even remember the other names. They're still there. There's one that's in Shaco Bottom, that's probably still there. I forget the name of it. Um, but nothing held my heart like Mars Bar did. And what do you think that Mars Bar helped you figure out about yourself? I remember standing in front of my mirror, putting on the different pants, the belts, the right shirt. How many belts did you have? <laughs> so many belts because my, my, my boy, boy too, uh, had a little bit of fashion sense um uh, and i had to like upgrade to that not really it wasn't that sort of scenario i just felt like you know he like looks really good hipster kind of way and so i so basically i was leaning towards the hipster scene caleb mm -hmm. forgive me 
fuck? Nothing to be forgiven. Um, but yeah, it, it was the time. It was the time. It was the time. Skinny jeans. Oh God, my body was better for it then. Um, but I bring that up because I remember specifically thinking, okay, this outfit here is great, but it's going to be cumbersome for my dancing. Like, <laughs> Jeans are too tight, or this belt is fit. You know, you know, it's like so. Everything was like the shoes. No, they're not going to be good for dancing. So I got to put on the other shoes. But now because I put on the other shoes, I got to put on the. Everything had to be like it's got to be comfy for the dance floor because I'm going to sweat like a pig in there because I'm going in there for four hours to move. Mm. It was a shift of I'm just going to hang out and sit. I'm going to move, and it became a playground. It became active. And, and my dress had to fit into it to be able to move and also, like, something that I wouldn't look ridiculous in, completely covered in sweat. Um, the priorities were I needed to be um, comfortable to be dancing a lot. And that was thanks to Mars Bar and the constant experience of the dance floor. Wait, wait. So the thing that it taught you was to dress appropriately for the activity? <laughs> Mm. And and so has every other experience then. But you know, like I think about some people and today, you know, the women, um, we've had this conversation with Kale, of course we have. We have a podcast, didn't you? Um <laughs> oh, are we looking to veer into misogynistic territory? You've just started the sentence no, with women. Women and anybody else who would like to participate in high heel culture in a dance floor, oh, you know, okay. do what you want. It's just that um, sometimes I see people's choices in footwear, flip-flops as well, like flip-flops, high heels, and, and things that don't quite... I'm thinking of the safety of a person in high heels throughout a dance floor and steps and uh, slippery floors, um, everything. You know, I'm like, no, no, no. A dance floor uh, or a club is an active space. <laughs> she wears. Near active clothing. <laughs> Why do you need the aerobics um, look to come back in, really? <laughs> there you go. You know, I'm not quite leaning towards, you know, full-blown gym wear, even though I have and I don't give a fuck. You know, I have showed up to a club in straight-up mesh shorts and my T-shirt, ready to rip and sweat. I don't care. You know, whatever. All you need is a headband. <laughs> uh, I, sure. Why not? You know, it helps the sweat and everything. See, I think that's a good idea, actually. One thing that it also so so in every other club experience up until then it was very like you need to wear this, mm -hmm. and in Mars Bar it was a dive bar and eighties night and it was just sort of like come in as you are like we don't really mm -hmm. care what you're dressed like. Allowed also for like me to finally step out and say hey why have been wearing pants to this this whole time. <laughs> Why am I wearing pants to something that I'm such so hot and and sweaty? Can't, let's me let me put on some shorts now. And let me put on some more comfortable things instead of just always pants. And so it really, yeah, clothing and attire really shifted after that. Um, and also, like nowadays, if you expect me to wear something at a club, I'm probably not going to that club. <laughs> I think that's a good philosophy to live your life by. Um, Simple. Okay, so if you look back on that time in your life, so you've dropped out of university, you've chased 
stick across the state. You've set up a, a bit of a life for yourself um, in Richmond, but you're still kind of not sure what your next steps are and what's happening in your life. If you had an opportunity to go back in time and give that version of yourself some advice, what would you say? I'm not going to brag. I can wholeheartedly trust my old self. I wouldn't say a word for fear that my old self would do anything different. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to talk to my old self. Oh, but it would be cool to like see him though, right? It would be. If, if there was some special bubble where whatever I said stayed in that bubble and then that person, my old self, popped out and forgot about it, but I remembered. Wait, this is getting too convoluted now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Whatever, time traveling, why not, you know? <laughs> I'm meeting him in a fourth dimension somewhere where he will forget the entire experience and continue about life as if nothing happened. Oh, okay, um, okay. So you're interacting with him, but yeah. it's going to have no impact because he's going to forget immediately. Yeah. Just for a moment then, my old self, even though they'll forget because they'll forget the experience that, they had with my older self. We were like, first, don't scream. You'll lose your hair. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So don't worry. We're, we handled it. We handled it. Okay. The third person, the the person between you and me, that person, yeah, we handled it together. Uh, <laughs> two, you're doing just fine. Nothing to change. Go ahead. Godspeed. Do you have any memories of Mars Bar or maybe clubbing from your own scene that you want to share? Well, if you do, I would love to hear all about it. So why not get in touch? I want to create the biggest online record of people's memories and stories of queer clubbing, but I can't do it alone. You know I can't do it alone. I need your help. Go to lostspacespodcast.com, find the section, share a lost space, and then tell me what it is you got up to. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram where I am Lost Spaces Pod if you want to just reach out and have a chat about this episode. And if you do reach out, make sure that you tell me what 80s song you'd be requesting at that 80s night that Deco was talking about. Find out more about Caleb and Digo by listening to their podcast, Ants Human Stars, wherever you stream podcasts. You can also find them at their website, antshumanstars.com, or follow them on Instagram, where they are Ants Humans Stars, or YouTube, where they are Ants Humans Stars Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you took the time to subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform, or just tell other people who you think might get a little kick out of it and want to spread the love. Spread the love. Go on. Why not? My name's Kay Anderson, and you've been listening to Lost Spaces. Lost Spaces.